Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? I mean, it was going okay until the minute we started recording, and this is like the third time we've attempted <laughs> this intro, um, fireworks started going off like right outside my window and it activated Coco. So if you hear like booming sounds or dog barking during this podcast, it's because of that. And I, why are there fireworks again? Because What's the COVID restrictions were listed. They had them spontaneous ones the other night. Who's also. doing this? Who's I don't know. The Pau Macy's, de Blasio, really? Cuomo. I, I don't know. We still have a lot oh of rebuilding God. to do in the city. Don't be spending money on fireworks. We don't we need don't, that. No, we don't want it. We don't no. need it. No, no. no being outside not. in and of itself is enough of a treat. I don't need things exploding in the air outside, uh, uh, on top of me. We don't want that. No, That's nobody, the wrong thing nobody wants that <laughs> okay that's the first of many nopes we're gonna do this is nope the podcast where we shut it down we're just a couple of new york jews talking about the news beating back the blues we made a podcast and news why had to laugh so we don't cry come and join us for the ride welcome to Okay, well, um, we weren't here last week, but you can't say we didn't warn you. Uh, we said that we are going to an every other week schedule for our own sanity just for the summer. Um, and thank you for indulging us. But we are now back and more excited than ever. And we are doing our, we are resuming my pet project, our summer music series. Very uh, well received. <laughs> very, <the> very well <laughs> received. We've won all the Peabody's and Emmys and whatnot. The Pulitzer. <laughs> the yes. Pulitzer Prize for making fun of music 80s criticism. music videos. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast. We have a real winner uh, scheduled to kick off the summer music series season. Rachel, how was your week in real life? Yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of um, ceiling fan drama oh. this week. So, and, and I, did, I did too, actually. I'll, really? I'll give you my letter. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we've had this the same situation. So, a few years ago, I had these ceiling fans installed in my apartment and I bought the fans at Home Depot and I had an electrician come and install them. And when I got home, when he installed them, this was in like 2018, everything worked just fine it looked great but there were no boxes or instruction manuals they had thrown them all out and i was like oh it is what it is the fans it's a fan how cares? hard could it be it's a fan <laughs> right <laughs> it's a fan um fast forward to a couple of weeks ago when the led bulbs blew out simultaneously in both aj's bedroom and my bedroom and so i searched everywhere for the home depot receipt to try to identify what fans we had but i turned up empty-handed and so then i searched online but there was like thirty thousand ceiling fans sold at Home Depot and I couldn't figure out which one was mine. So I go on YouTube and I found a bunch of videos explaining how to change a light bulb. I don't know how to change a light bulb, basically. They could say like a video about how to identify your, your fan. Your fan. Right? <laughs> like a DNA right, like 23 like and me. Genus and species and the whole no, okay. For your fan. Okay. So um, so they they showed me how to like unscrew the light bulb because it doesn't look like it it twists off because it looks like embedded in the top. It's hard to explain, but it's sort of like flush because if panels, it twisted you know? with the if it twisted with the the spinny things, then it would just fly off the thing. Right. Like it has to right. be but stationary. It 
Exactly. But it, it's sort of flat. And so, but the, the fact of the matter is if you can get some like torque on it, you could, <laughs> you could spin it off. So I take off the one in AJ's <laughs> bedroom. Nothing, and... <laughs> I, I, nothing good can happen here. As you attempt to generate torque on a fan in order to change the light bulb, <laughs> I see you hanging from the <laughs> right spinning but so I'm very proud of myself because I get this thing off and I see it's just like a regular screw in LED light bulb I had one I put it in I put back the thing it's done I'm like so like satisfied right so then I go into my bedroom and I'm feeling like very confident that I can do this <laughs> I take off the bulb and it's like this crazy quilt of uh <laughs> it's a totally different bulb totally different it's, setup. it's not even it, it's not even a bulb it looks like a motherboard for a computer <laughs> <laughs> and it just comes like dangling down right so it has like a so, cp it has a cpu you're you're yes. a very advanced fan okay so it was like nothing i've ever seen so i so i take it off and i'm looking and i show it to the handyman in the building he's like i, I don't know how to help you and so i called Home Depot. I took pictures of it. Their recommendation was to come into the store with a photo and to bring the light with me. But their me. recommendation so I... was going to move to sell your apartment and move into one with a working <laughs> fan. <laughs> That's going to be what I wind up doing. So, so I, I go into Home Depot in Long Island and the guy there, I, I find someone to help me and he just like starts laughing at me and he's like, oh, they should have known better on the hotline to tell you to come here. And I was like, what do you mean they should have known better? And he's like, when those fans with the LED lights were first released on the market, which was around the time that I got mine, the theory was that the bulbs would last like 15 years. And now it's proving not to be the case because <laughs> so my, both of my bulbs blew within like four years. You didn't of even know it. you were an early adopter in like new like fan technology. I know. I'm like a beta tester, like an unwitting <laughs> beta tester. And so they don't even sell replacement bulbs because because the manufacturers didn't think that they would ever be necessary. So I was like, what do I do? I, you know, I show him the bulb and he's like, we, I don't know. And the bulb said Samsung on it. It's not even a bulb, the, the motherboard circle. <laughs> and he's like, oh, just call Samsung. And I'm like, who oh, is yes. Samsung do I call? <laughs> wait, like, do wait, <laughs> open the yellow pages. Hello, Samsung. It's Rachel. That's what I said. Her. I was like, I was like, who do, like, who, what, what? And I'm supposed to just be like, hi, are you there, Samsung? It's me, Margaret. You know, <laughs> my, my light is broken please help <laughs> and so he, he's like i don't know try the manufacturer so i don't know who the manufacturer is i think it's probably this brand called hampton bay because that's most of the fans at home depot are hampton bay and there's a hotline on home depot's website for hampton bay so i figure i'll double down on this theory even though it could be literally just, any other brand just lean, and into, so lean into hampton I, bay so yeah, so the automated Hampton Bay service line indicates to me that I'm not the only person who has had <laughs> this issue. It's like, press one if your fan light has gone out and you are an idiot who does not remember <laughs> the make or model of your fan or keep any receipts. So I do that. <laughs> and after waiting on hold, the representative tells me that there's a sticker somewhere on the top of the fan with the SKU number. And all I have to do is get up on How the How are you ladder. supposed to get up there above <laughs> the fan blades? I <laughs> photograph it 
<laughs> so I take photos of the fan. I get up on a ladder. I'm like at every angle spinning the fan. I see no sticker. So I call back and the person tells me to look again, but I wasn't at home anymore when we were having this conversation. So she gives me her extension number and says, call back when I'm at home. So I go home, get back on the ladder, try to find the sticker, call the woman. She doesn't answer her extension. So I start again with the main hotline. And by now I've spent like two weeks dealing with this <laughs> fan and I'm no closer to a solution. I'm like further away than ever. And I get on the phone with someone finally who asks me to email her like all these photos of the fan and the light and the measurements. And she's sending the photos to every single Home Depot fan manufacturer. <laughs> in the I hopes gonna say that to every someone... single Home Depot in America. <laughs> 10, in the hopes that them. like one of these manufacturers will be able to identify the fan and prescribe a solution but there's no way so there's like an all points bulletin out like the entire <laughs> fan community yes. the fan community is like mobilizing to save your fan just sell the house just sell I know. the house i need to just burn it down <laughs> burn it down that's a little uh foreshadowing of our summer music series later okay yeah so, so mine is not quite that dramatic i have a couple of things that happened that might be of interest to people so first of all this is very quick but last night i was in an event one of our regular weekly rooftop events and I saw a bunch of people that I hadn't seen for like 18 months and someone came up to me and said hey are those the famous jeans with the zipper that won't go up oh um, wow and I was like and I was like yeah actually they are he's like let me see so <laughs> I had like lift up did he like shirt. undo your zipper in the no I just I just said it's it's very obvious if you just lift your shirt up a little bit so it's uh. not covered um and I forgot that there are all these people who listen a little self-congratulation here so that like if you don't see them all the time you forget that there are like people who we don't see who actually listen to the podcast. I know we're like shouting into the void, but like some nope. people are listening. It was like, super flattering. So I want to say thank you to uh, Dawood and Rahul and John. I really appreciate you guys listening, especially when I'm not in your face every day in person. Uh, it meant a lot to hear you. Yeah, you know. Thanks guys. And it was more yeah. than just like, oh yeah, we listen to the podcast sometimes, but I'm a few weeks behind, which is to say six months behind right no they heard the episode from a couple of weeks ago so no really and my friend that. megan's 80 year old father in st louis has started using the term schmagoo because of us <laughs> <laughs> that is our mark on western culture <laughs> if <Yes>. nothing else <laughs> We didn't even make up note, but Schmagoo is uniquely ours, I think. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So for the real story I have, like, okay, I swear, I know everyone's going to get annoyed. This is my last deplatforming story ever. Oh my I, God. I Another one? And, I can't and, and, take it I, anymore. No, You're not I, even on Twitter to interact with me. I'm, it's very upsetting. I'm guaranteeing it because this time it's gone biblical and there is no higher power to intervene in my deplatforming. The stakes cannot get any higher. So here's what happened. Last week when we were off uh, off from the podcast, I had a like little off-the-grid solitude mini-vacation. I rented a house just by myself in the Berkshires in the middle of the woods. There's a modern house inside, but totally rustic outside, exactly what I like. It was air-conditioned internet. I was just in my little cocoon. It was fantastic. And as I promised you and many others in my life, I was going to take my downtime to try to figure out how to get back on Twitter. Yes, and, you did and promise that. that. Yes. So I finally sit down my laptop through the very good internet they have in the Berkshires. Um, it's near Great Barrington. Very good. And, they're known uh, for that. The <laughs> finest <laughs> internet <laughs> in all of the land. In the woods. <laughs> it was good enough. Um, and I start working on the Twitter and I'm going through the cycle and I won't describe that to everyone again because 
it's annoying. And then out of nowhere, this huge like thunder and lightning storm rolls in. The lights dim and flicker <laughs> and the power goes out. <laughs> So, I think it's the Russians. They do not so want you to be Now I'm back. alone in the woods in a lightning storm with no internet at the very moment when I was trying to get replatformed. So then oh. the, the power comes back on by itself and everything comes back on except for the air conditioning and the internet, which are the only two things I care about. I could live, a, I could live without lights. I could live without the fridge. I need the internet. I need the air conditioning. So... I am the least handy person alive, as you know. So I do go fiddle with the things. I'm like, are they plugged in? I'm like, of course, they were plugged in a minute ago. They're still plugged in. Like, maybe there's a surge protector. No, the surge protector. And then I realize this little light bulb goes off. There's a thing called the fuse that people the talk fuse, about. Yeah. And the fuses blow. But I don't know exactly what that means. I'm not entirely clear what a fuse is. <laughs> But I have this like mental image of like a box in a wall and there's switches switches, or how do you find the switch and do you flip it once or twice and I I don't even know what it is. I'm like, where is the fuse box? And I realize it's always in the basement. And the first rule of Airbnbs in the middle of the woods is that the last thing you want to do is go into the the dark basement of an Airbnb house (laughs) in the middle of the woods in the middle of a lightning storm. Like that is like a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. A horror trope. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll wrap the story up very quickly. So I actually did. I found this box. They were clearly labeled. It was like internet and air conditioning. And I I flipped it and then I was back. But by that time, I was so zhuzhed, I couldn't focus on the replatforming. So I'm still deplatformed. Yeah, I, I understand that. that makes but I had, sense. oh, by the way, I finally had, I had plenty of cables though, because I took all the cables that I have and I stuffed them in like in one oh, your wolf nest. woods bag. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, so I have my nest and I detangled <laughs> my nest and I was able to figure it out. Also, I thought I, I thought I forgot my Apple watch. Nobody cares about this. I thought I forgot my Apple watch charger. Um, I did. And so I ordered one on Amazon and then it was going to come too late. It was going to come another and it was going to come too late. So I went to the staples in the town and I bought a new one and I didn't realize it was part of the rat's nest. I already had one. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I give up. I'm useless. I'm useless. Yeah. Things are just getting out of control with you. Every week is a new knot in this (laughs) In the rat's nest, of course. Okay. Can we do some nopes? Yeah. um, Yeah. So I want to talk, this is sort of part of of the dry heaves section not really i mean it it doesn't really involve remnants from the trump era but it literally gives me the dry heaves i'm talking about <laughs> so this CNN. is lateral lateral thinking it's not exactly it's lateral right. yeah yeah i'm talking about cnn legal analyst and uh public masturbator jeffrey tubin who suddenly uh, is back on the air following a seven month suspension or just vacation i it, it's not clear what happened he was, in the, he was in the berkshires with me he was uh he was no i don't know <laughs> Probably, I mean, probably. Um, so CNN uh, awkwardly heralded his return with a very weird interview with Allison Camerata. She got to do the honors and I have a clip from it. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors. <laughs> Help yourself. Okay. Um, in October... You were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating 
on camera. Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right. Sad to say. Okay. So let's start there. Okay. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, he's back. And you may sit there in your home, tangled in your <laughs> cords, and say, cancel culture this, cancel culture that. But Jeffrey Tubin is a living reminder that some people can do whatever and not get canceled ever. And so later in that interview with Allison Camerata, he explains that he made this idiotic decision and he's been doing a lot of work trying to be a better person. Like, What does that working, mean? How are you going to work at not masturbating on camera like, on a Zoom call? Like, what, what does, does masturbating on a Zoom call have to do with being a bad person? Like, I think he's like got it all, he's got it all upside down, you just know? A dumb, like just a dumb person, like a dumb... A dumb person. It's, it's okay. I don't think, yeah, I don't think this makes him a bad or good person it's it's neutral right <laughs> so he's he's masturbatory neutral <laughs> so but now he's like working in a food bank what, what does a food <laughs> bank what, have like to redemption do? like is he doing why, public like, service why does a food bank have anything to do with any of this and so he he says he's going to continue working at this food bank and he's been you know trying doing a lot of introspection and then he goes and plugs the new book that he's working oh, on about the Oklahoma God. Oklahoma City bombing, and we see why <laughs> he's back. And so, you know, I, I just... I'm just so confused. He's just asking the wrong questions. He's finding the wrong answers. And the funny thing is that, like, according to all the press reports about uh, Jeffrey Tubin's sudden reemergence, this was very sudden. Um, people at CNN didn't know that he was coming back. And it's like, there he is, like an erection that just pops <laughs> up, up in a Zoom <laughs> call. <laughs> And, you know, another thing that I, I cannot understand is that commenting on legal issues on television, is it that rarefied a skill that there is not a single no, other plenty, person? Right. No, there are who, a dime a dozen. Do as there good a of a job? I, I don't know about a dime a dozen, but there's got to be like at least a few hundred people <laughs> in the country who would be very good at this. Like, why is this guy so indispensable? If he's such a moron and he himself has admitted to being a moron, on for masturbating on a Zoom call. They probably already David had Remnick. A, they probably already had a contract with him, and they're probably already paying him. So they figure it's cheaper to just get him back on the air than to hire someone else. Is my guess. I think it's. I think either he's got like. I mean, he's obviously very legally smart, so maybe he had some legal maneuvers he was planning, and he's also close with Jeff Zucker. You yeah. know. Yeah. So I don't know. I keep wanting to imagine what would happen if this, if a woman did something like this. But then I realized that a woman, woman would never, would never do it. on Zoom. It's far too involved for a woman. Like, <laughs> like no one, no woman would ever do that. And it, it, like honestly, it's it's not like I don't believe in forgiveness. I just feel like you know what, Jeffrey Tubin is going to be fine no matter what happens. He's sixty-one years old. He's had a series of best-selling books. He's writing another one. Let's give somebody else a chance to be a legal commentator on CNN. What is Jeffrey Tubin going to say when they need him to weigh in on the next big Me Too scandal or the next big Zoom masturbation scandal? scandal? Like he has no cat, credibility. Cat lawyer scandal. Cat lawyer, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah. you know, Jeff Jeff Tubin and Jeff Zucker were on the Crimson together both. 
together. Yeah. That's so dope. they're, they're old school buddies. Exactly. So anyway, so related to this, this is sort of a personal, um, aside about this whole thing, but you know, I'm friends with, um, Brian Stelter and yep. Jamie, Jamie Stelter. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Brian's book party for the paperback version of his book hoax, um, was on Tuesday night. And I didn't go because a, I don't have regular childcare right now. And B the idea of going to a media party really triggered like a, a panic reaction deep in my heart. <laughs> and you're a media celebrity. I just, I, I just want to say that like, I, I absolutely adore Brian and Jamie and I know they sometimes listen to this podcast and they know any under any other circumstance I would have gone, but I just, I'm not mentally there yet. And I don't feel ready. And when I woke up on Wednesday, I saw on page six that Jeffrey Tubin was swanning around at the, at Brian's book party. So I could have had Brian a boots on the ground oh, moment. See, this is what happens when this is why you have to come out of the shell. You got to get over the, the phobias. I have cave syndrome. It's a, it's a new thing that psychologists are talking about. We're like, we've been in so long, we're afraid to go out. So, I mean, I don't know. Nope to me and nope to Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> who's going to start coming out of caves and going to parties next? Anthony Weiner, Kevin Spacey. I, I don't miss any of these people. And it's I wish reset. they would just it's stay. It's a reset for everybody. Anybody for everybody. Who- before just come on out of they're your just cave. coming out <laughs> of their holes like no i don't want it stay where you are okay, everyone no. shut <laughs> no, that no. down okay i see i see what's coming next and i'm eager to hear about it i saw the yes. headline but i don't know much else <laughs> well yeah i was gonna say this is one of those stories where the headline says it all and the headline is <laughs> nbc's ultimate slip and slide halts production amid report <laughs> of explosive diarrhea on set Okay, so that was the headline in Entertainment Weekly. So now there may be some questions. A lot of questions. But I think the biggest question is this Do you want answers to your questions? I totally do, more than anything. I want to get, so I want to articulate at least one of my questions. So, is was the explosive diarrhea an element of the slipping and sliding? Or like, was like, it part of the show? Like, like someone was slipping and sliding and like added to the added the, to the like the viscosity. <laughs> Yes, and, and it seems like I can't even go on. Like okay, okay. I mean, did the me sliding did the sliding trigger the diarrhea, or was the <laughs> diarrhea like a feature of the slip and slide, or a bug? It was a bug. Was it a feature or a bug of the program? <laughs> it was a bug. Okay, okay, tell me I more. Can tell you. Tell so, me more. okay, so there's more. So, NBC's ultimate slip and slide is this new reality TV competition series adapted from the classic backyard water slide <laughs> by Whammo. So, I feel like the scandal here is not that this happened, but that We're there making... is a television program on NBC adapted from a classic backyard water slide. How can I not sell a pilot? But this is is what they're putting on after the closing ceremony. You just need a the licensing Olympics. deal with Whammo. I mean, I need a licensing deal with Whammo. Yeah, or some other old. I need to like go into the basement and pull out some old toy and just like bring it to a network. <laughs> be like, I have one word in my pitch. Boom, whatever the fucking thing. Pick up sticks. Snoopy snow cone machine <laughs> challenge. Okay. 
Okay, so the show is hosted by um, Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches, uh, and neither of those two were infected, according to the rap. Um, Ultimate Slip and Slide is described as a fresh take on Whammo's iconic 1960s outdoor game that takes the spirit of the classic backyard slide and transforms it into a real-life water park full of gigantic <laughs> slippery rides with the chance to take home a big cash prize. So there's so many questions. How, how does how does a slip and slide translate into like, I mean, do you have to like collect rings while you're slipping or something? Like... It's just like the, I, the like the, Bobby the, Moynihan and Ron. The, like, why are these two comedians even signing on to this? It's like okay. I mean, is this like the floor is lava and American ninjas? It's yes, like, yeah, okay, it sounds okay. like that. Yeah, but so back to what happened here. So the show was shut down indefinitely after forty <laughs> crew members fell violently ill during production. I shouldn't be laughing. It's serious on a remote ranch in um, Simi Valley, California. And according to someone who was there, the outbreak of awful explosive diarrhea left people collapsing on set <laughs> and being forced to run into porta potties. And so production wound up being halted on June 2nd when at least um, one crew member on the series tested positive for Giardia, which is a parasite found in contaminated water. Coco's had Giardia. It's something that like dogs get at like contaminated so they had, dog parks. They didn't, have, they, they didn't just have diarrhea. They had dog diarrhea. They had like some, well, you know, they had contaminated water. So the question is like, is the locations water for the slip and slides contaminated or were the slides, you know, cause the slides have like running water down there. It could or, have been the craft services. For or was all, it craft know. services? Like what, or was it all of it? I'm just disappointed and, in this story because I really, <laughs> I really want, it's like, you know, when there's like contagious vomiting, like I really yeah. had this image that someone was like sliding on the slip and slide. With diarrhea. With diarrhea. I'm sure is, that happened. There's no question. There's fun, no doubt. It's just that too that. funny to contemplate. And then somehow that triggered a wave of, of diarrhea. Of other people having diarrhea just from psychologically seeing, yeah, seeing someone it, else. Yes. No, I think they all had giardia. But what's the difference with the, with the, <laughs> the inciting incident? <laughs> The result the, is the same. <laughs> right. So who cares? Wait, and but why, why were do you the have... hosts spared? Why why did the hosts not get the diarrhea? How <laughs> were they getting special water? Like why were they not drinking the water that everybody else was? They weren't slip and sliding. I'm telling you, it was in the slip and slide. It wasn't in the water. I'm telling so you. So all of these like crew members were slipping and sliding during production. Maybe yes. they were testing the yes, equipment. Yes, yeah. I mean, if you're out there in the desert, wherever Simi Valley is, right, and there's a slip and slide and you're out there working, of course you're going to take a go at the slip and slide. They were all doing it, I bet. This they were is, all doing well, it. You're speaking, so sure of yourself. Speaking, you're like... speaking as an epidemiologist, one of our finest <laughs> epidemiologists, I can tell you that the disease vector, patient zero, is that slip and slide. It has to be. Yeah. Like, what's right, the one thing that right. they all have in common? They all went on the slip and slide. So it doesn't matter if they they're moving production. They still have a week left in in shooting, so they have to move the whole production to somewhere else. But I feel like if you're right and the slip and slide is the patient zero and the cause of the Giardia, then it's just going to happen again anywhere they go. <laughs> 
podcast it's a doomed <laughs> are you just coming to the conclusion that this tv show is not a good idea well <laughs> i mean i yeah. think we're lucky i'm lucky we're lucky this happened in the pilot rather than after seven seasons because then we would have been inflicted with it seven hasn't seasons. even started yet this is just during production it hasn't even run yet it's it was scheduled to premiere on august 8th right after the olympics closing ceremonies so this is like a pretty like yeah why are they putting such, such a shitty show ha, ha, ha. it's like and, thanks I, for watching that, the olympics now here's our diarrhea slip and slide <laughs> like Enjoy. <diarrhea> spectacular <laughs> NBC, the best network. So no, <laughs> no, no NBC, no, no explosive diarrhea, no Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches. What are you doing? Um, this show is, this sounds moronic. The diarrhea is the least of its problems. No, absolutely. <laughs> the, the diarrhea is the best thing about this show. <laughs> yes. Okay. Shut it down. No, no, okay. no. Rachel, I know you are always suspicious when I do this that I didn't do the research, but I'm going to skip this story because uh, we're running long on time and I want to have enough time for the summer music series. So, oh, so not... we're not going to talk about the humpback whale that <laughs> swallowed a lobster man <laughs> in I mean, Cape we God? Can. We can if you want. Do you really want to hear? <laughs> you kind of do. Okay. I so, do. okay. So. This is the lobster guy from Cape Cod, Michael Packard, uh, and he claims he was swallowed whole by a whale and that he was spat out because he, quote, didn't like how he tasted. Um, so my first question about this story, many questions have arisen since about this story, is how does he know the motive of the whale for spitting him out? Um, there's all kinds of reasons a whale would He's like out. Herman Melville's like literary heir, this yes. guy. Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> when you're here, this is obviously some kind of fiction. So he says that he thought he'd been attacked by a shark, but when he realized that he didn't feel any sharp teeth and wasn't in any pain, he began to figure out what had happened. And he said, I realized, oh my God, I'm in a whale's mouth, which of course is what you think, right? You're like, <laughs> what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm either bitten by a shark or I've been swallowed by a whale. <laughs> well, if you're a lobster man. <laughs> You've contemplated that... these things. <laughs> yes. Um, he says that I thought to myself, okay, this is it. I'm finally, I'm going to die. And he says he was completely inside the massive mammal and that it was, quote, completely black. And then he thought about his, it sounds like he had a lot of thing, time to like sit and think about his life. He thought about his wife and his 12 and 15 year old sons. And then he had a surge of strength and he began to struggle inside the beast's mouth until he so saw. he's like thrashing about. Like, yes, yeah, like trying the... to win his freedom somehow. And and then suddenly he just saw a light and the whale started shaking his hands side to side as if to like eject him. And then he says, I just got thrown into the air and landed in the water. I was free and I just floated there. I couldn't believe and I'm here to tell it. Wow. Um, what so a story. Of, of course, the tabloids went crazy about the story. And of course, it wasn't long before people started calling bullshit on it. Um, well, first of all, all he had were some bruises, which I mean, I guess that I think humpback whales don't have teeth. They just kind of like open their their mouths very wide and take what they can get and then spit out the rest. <laughs> You're a marine biologist and an epidemiologist. <laughs> I've done, I do my research for these segments, right? So yes, that's how humpback back whales feed so uh. it is plausible i guess from that point of view um but you'd think you'd get some bruises from all that thrashing in the mouth but didn't the, people the... witness it like did didn't what, there his, like no they were like next to him with the whale there were people on the boat that he was diving from and didn't they see him just like go flying through the air 
<laughs> unclear. There are no witness <laughs> tests. There are no witness statements about it. But one of the ER doctors said anonymously that this guy reportedly ascended from a 45-foot depth in 20 to 40 seconds and didn't have any evidence of barotrauma, which I guess is the whatever. Like the, the bends? The bends, yeah. He goes, someone undergoing such an encounter would have suffered some serious injuries, including hearing loss as a result from the sudden change in water pressure. And even the other fishermen were like, for a guy to be in the middle of that giant school of fish corralled by a whale doesn't make sense. Um, so... Went a little Does deeper. this guy have a history of telling tall tales of the sea? <laughs> oh, he's not a fabulist. Not <laughs> so, but that's the question. Why would he suddenly? Well, yes. What is, is and what is his motivation? What does he have to gain from this? If you wanted attention, there are easier and more credible <laughs> ways to get attention than to claim that you were part of some biblical re. I, I, it's remarkable. But imagine so. if you're him, and imagine. Let's just assume for a second that he's not lying. How horrible! is it that he got swallowed by a humpback whale spit out into the sea and nobody believes him why are you taking his side <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to think what if he's telling the truth what if in another in another universe maybe he is but i don't think he is you don't uh, think so no well experts say here experts say it's extremely rare to be swallowed by a humpback whale um, Peter Corkerson, a senior scientist at the New England Aquarium, estimates that there's a one in one trillion chance someone would be eaten by a whale. Um, and he says, uh, based on what was described, this would have to have been a mistake and an accident on the part of the humpback. Um, he was just unlucky enough to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, he conceded. So okay. he said, although, although the, the chances are vanishingly small, things happen. You know, things happen. I mean, yeah. I, what else could it have been? I don't know. He blacked out for a second or and then swam to the surface. I don't know. This just this doesn't sound right. Something doesn't it doesn't. Add up there's here. something off about it for sure. But, uh, you know, it's it's just ultimately it's a very sad story of doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sound of a sad story. It's not at all. It's of doubt in the human condition and our <laughs> lack of credibility. Yes. Like like the original swallowing of Jonah and the whale was a miracle, right? So Yeah. But so what's so what's so hard to believe that there is a latter day miracle occurring with a lobster man, a humble lobsterman off the coast Cape of Cod. Cape Cod, yeah, from Provincetown. It could happen. If miracles well, are anywhere, that's where it would be. I'm going to Cape Cod in um, early July for a few days, and I'm going to <laughs> try <laughs> and find out for myself what. Are you going to go lobster here. diving with like fish in your mouth and hope that you? Get <laughs> yes, followed. yes. I need some boots on the ground, <laughs> boots on the bottom of the sea. You're reporting. <laughs> okay. No, just so we're, we're gonna stay let the humpback whales be either in reality or in fiction. We don't need any part of this. Nope. Nope. Okay. okay. So now ready for summer moment. music series? Okay. We are going to do the following song. We are going to do Holding Out for a Hero by the one and only Miss Bonnie Tyler. Um, now, this is a song that maybe predates some of our listeners' conscious lively, uh, you know, lives. 
Um, it's from 1984, but you may have heard the song because it's such a festival of cheese. Iconic. That they play, it, they play it all kinds of places. So it was 1984. It was on the Footloose soundtrack, which is crazy because 1984 is actually commonly recognized as the best year in the modern era for pop music. And Footloose is, was certainly the best uh, soundtrack of that year, but it's one of the best soundtracks of all time. And in yes. fact, last year we did something from Footloose. We did Let's Hear It for the Boy. Uh, uh -huh. by Denise Williams. That was one of our favorite things. So this is uh, Bonnie Tyler, and if her name sounds familiar, it's because she did Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is another bombastic, over-the-top over song. She's a Welsh singer known for her husky voice and her enormous teased hair. And it will not surprise you to learn that this song, uh, Hold Now for Hero, was written and produced by the same guy that wrote... Uh, that wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart and did all the meatball songs. And I would do anything meatball. for love. Meatloaf. <laughs> I'm sorry, meatball. Meatball is like meatloaf's like cousin. <laughs> it's his nephew. <laughs> I am meatloaf. Me, my nephew, meatball. <laughs> He's taking over the family business. <laughs> Uh, no, it was produced by Jim Steinman, who we've Jim talked Steinman, about. Jim Steinman, who recently died. Who yeah. recently died, right. I would do anything for love, but I, he won't do that. Okay, so this song is a hot mess. It is the most melodramatic, like, belty. It makes Meatball look like a subtle balladeer. Um, so <laughs> all I, over. This song's all over the place. So I'm going to play a few clips. First, I'm going to play the intro, which may not be as recognizable, but it's it's ridiculous. And I'll play it here. And then here's the chorus, which will help you recognize the song. Okay, needless to say, this would not be a hit today. Um, and uh, the critics did not like the song. This was not a welcome addition to the Bonnie Tyler canon. Uh, from the AV Club, William Hughes says that this song, quote, displays some of the worst of its decades and the consumer's typical excesses. The lyrics are laughable and the heavy-handed synths and piano riffs come dangerously close to cheese. I would go one further. I would say this is a whole bubbling molten fondue of cheese. So the video is not that complicated, but it is still very, very confusing. It's up there with the most confusing of videos. So here's the set scene. So it starts with this thumping synth, like so many other songs of the era. And there's an exterior night shot in like the old west of a cab cabin in the middle of a prairie at night. Um, like a settler's home. Like a settler's on the frontier. It's like a frontier yeah. cabin, right? Um, it's like where I stayed in the Berkshires, just in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Um, and then Good there's internet. A, then there's a great internet there. <laughs> and then there's a momentary shot, like a nanosecond, of some sort of like 
evil cowboy dressed in black whipping like a neon jump rope like you know those like, like those neon things that you would wear at a rave at like a rave yes yeah, like the necklace or, at yes. a, or like earlier on at like a ice skating rink or a <laughs> roller skating rink yes exactly <laughs> um so there's a momentary shot of this cowboy and then a a door goes up in flames, of course. Um, and then another door goes up in flames. And then there's like, on a black background, there's this brigade of angelic, a chorus of angelic women in flowing white dresses in formation and holding dramatic poses. And they're just kind of like shimmying around, which is like a classic 80s trope, right? You of course, just there's like, like a, all, they're all white. They're and all white. what counts for diversity in the 1980s <laughs> is that one of them is a brunette with a Mary Lou Retton haircut. <laughs> They all have very, they all either have like Princess Di or Mary Lou Retton or like Perms. <laughs> Only one of them had Mary Lou Retton. All the others were like winged, like Bonnie <laughs> Tyler clones. Blonde. Right, right. <laughs> like the Bat Dancers in Batman, like all the Batmans yes. and the Jokers. Another another callback to last year. So um, there's this brigade, and then things start exploding, and they they cut to Bonnie Tyler instead of inside of her like settler bare bones bedroom and she looks up and notices something is wrong and she stands up in shock and then we see the planks on the porch that sort of start dancing they're like rattling and dancing as if the entire they're like piano it's like a piano piano key like they're gonna start coming down and then bonnie runs out of the burning cabin and she's wearing this like green buttoned up ruffled jumpsuit and she's like comes out like she's a damsel in distress it's like sister wives except yeah, she's like a sister the braid wife. haircut it's <laughs> right. like sister it's like very like prairie yet 80s makeup and hair it's it prairie, make any it's sense. prairie chic it's prairie yes. 80s chic <laughs> she was ahead of her time <laughs> that's gonna be uh yeah uh, totally so and then for no reason she runs out and you think she's gonna like trip and fall into the ground but no she just sort of like daintily lowers herself to the ground and then she sings the rest of the song sitting on her knees in the front yard kind of it's like, like your house is burning like, down and you're sitting like, there doing nothing singing like she's what cursing you- the heavens and like pleading to the heavens for a hero but like unless the hero has a fire extinguisher like there's, there's you don't need a hero like you just girl need- you don't have to hold out for a hero like heroes don't just wait around <laughs> like what <laughs> are you gonna, gonna hold do? out like you have agency in this situation you, go you, find a hero it's like like, as Mariah Carey said, the hero lies in you. But yes. we didn't know that until the 1990s. Everyone in the 80s was holding out for a hero who never showed up. Very good point. I had thought of that. She's way too passive in this show. In this, She's uh, like video. a handmaid into the patriarchy. It's, it's a disaster. So then behind her, these evil cowboys who had been wielding these neon jump ropes start lurking and like sort of there's three of them and they come up behind her and they just kind of like like loom over her but they don't talk to her they don't like come to grab her or anything they're just standing there no they're like it's, predators it's stalking very, their prey it's, it's very rapey it's very like who's gonna who's gonna make the move it's very scary it's gross uh, and just yeah. and just when the tension is is uh peaking Boom, there's a smash cut, and suddenly she's standing on the precipice of the Grand Canyon in a white <laughs> <course>. flowing dress. 
<laughs> and then some sort of drone shot, even though they didn't have drones, they must have hired a helicopter to do this. And she's just standing there with her arms outstretched in the billowing white fabric. And Much better outfit. It was like, a much better outfit <laughs> and a better setting than in a yes. darkened, burning... If the whole video was her standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon in the white outfit singing, it would have. we would not be talking about this video right now. <laughs> no, it would be just a nice, nice, pretty video, right? <laughs> Instead, it's a real head scratcher. So, um, and then throughout, they keep cutting back to this chorus of angelic hair goddesses and the evil cowboys with their 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 uh, whips. Um, but then we cut to the second verse, and she's back in her bedroom in the frontier cabin, and it's not burned; it's totally fine. And then, like on her Flashback? bedside table, like what is? I that? don't think so. No, I think it's in it's in linear time. I think uh, maybe it's a time is a loop. Maybe it's a time travel adventure. Okay. Or just really bad continuity. Or maybe <laughs> they rebuilt the, the thing. Yeah, exactly it, as well, it that's why they said, we need you to move out for a week. Go to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we'll rebuild the hero the was her contractor. <laughs> then Gave her a good back. deal. <laughs> you come back, the cabin will be like, you never, like it never burned down. <laughs> and they're like, do you want any renovations? Do you want it to look any better? It's like, nope. Like, no, I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could use a ceiling fan. <laughs> let me call, let me call Samsung. <laughs> let me call Samsung. <laughs> so she's back in her bedroom in the cabin, which is not burned. She and then she reaches on her bedside table. There's like a sepia picture of a man and a horse, and we realize this is probably the hero that she's longing for. Yes. Right. But then the evil cowboys walk into her room. So now it's like a home invasion. Um, and they whip their lassos and they start setting the house on fire again. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, we just rebuilt this thing. <laughs> like, don't you have anything better to do like just and also like the cowboys like they're very homoerotic oh well. yeah like, oh they're in like black leather. there's like chaps they're it's very village people style cowboy yeah you know? it's like this a is... dungeon it's like a dungeon fantasy yeah 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 sure it's... Not so that was that. why I wasn't as creeped out by like the rapey scene. Or you was... thought they had no interest in her. You think <laughs> they were just going to jump each other? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, why is there a woman here? Get out of here. We have some just business. Like, we're going to just like of. awkwardly circle her until she <laughs> like <laughs> speeds off on her broomstick to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Maybe she's not leaving. Maybe if we burn down her house, she'll leave, <laughs> <laughs> so we can get it on. <laughs> In a burning bed. Um, so, okay. So this house is indestructible. They, they set it on fire again. And then, boom, another smash cut. Now there's these random, like, National Geographic nature videos of, like, river rafting on the Colorado. Oh, like, yeah. Like, going through like, the Grand Canyon. And then there's, like, nature and landscape shots of the Grand Canyon. So I think they just ran out of footage. I think like, they're just, like... what is the setting? They, like, had no idea of, like, the context or, like, a river and a home. <laughs> Stead and the Grand Canyon, all these places are very different, and someone had no idea. Like, <laughs> it was obviously some. Well, yeah, it was. I looked it up, it was all filmed in the area of the Grand Canyon, so it's probably for proximity's sake, probably they're like, we need something dramatic in the background. How about okay. what, what's around here? Is there is there anything interesting? Or Oh, yeah, the Grand Canyon. That's around here. Let's shoot the rest of the video in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, so I guess it's the Colorado River, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, um, okay. So there's an interlude like during the bridge of her and the Grand Canyon and rafting the Colorado. And then she's back on the front lawn. 
on her knees. The cowboys are still there, um, and they're just pacing around with their with their whips. And this time, the entire house is burnt to the frame, and it's just like smoldering in ashes. So while she was away at the Grand Canyon this time, it was not rebuilt. They staked out there. They did not let anyone rebuild it, and it burned to the ground. And okay. they're still there, just like staring at staring at the landscape. To this um, day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, to this day. <laughs> and then suddenly, total change of, to, this is act three now, suddenly there's some sort of horse chase. And it's unclear. There's a new cowboy in white, who I guess maybe is the hero. I chase, think that's the hero. Chasing yeah. the other and is like firing a pistol at them. And this is a classic 80s trope. There is interspersed with this, this like horse racing in the dark. There's just a black background with a picture of a hand with a white glove just shooting a pistol and like smoke coming out of the pistol, like apropos of nothing. So it's like yeah. not, not, they couldn't afford to actually get a close up on the horses. So they just did a like stage shot of a pistol. Like a cross cut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good for, yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Um, and then one of the black horses is still running with nobody on it um but you don't know like which horse like whose horse is like it is it because the person's dead and fell off like you would think that if the heroes su succeeded in shooting one of the evil cowboys they would have shown a big dramatic like oh he shot him and now he's getting dragged off the side or he falls off the horse but then suddenly there's just this like riderless horse running amok and uh -huh. we don't know what the story is maybe like, the horse is the hero maybe the oh unreliable narrator <laughs> it's told from the perspective, perspective of the of horse a, that's that now it all makes sense the whole story is told from the perspective of the horse but which horse there's so many the horse can run through the river into the, canyon. <laughs> the canyons and can burn it can it can spit on a house and <laughs> extinguish it a burning yeah. house i don't know and then the final shot bonnie is back on the lawn the house is still smoldering. She's on her knees. And then from behind, you see the white cowboy walks up to her. And on the one hand, I want to say she's saved. On the other hand, like, her house burned down. She's been traumatized. She's probably going to be in therapy for years. She, like... She, like, Bonnie, like, what are you doing? Like, you have this beautiful voice. You can belt out anything. And, like, you're just, like, standing there while your house burns down waiting for some, like, white guy on a horse to come <laughs> save you. This is the and worst. This is the you worst. You can just just fix it yourself right. like, just... Well, this is a good example of a really bad video ruining a really bad song um yeah. now i do have a coda a postscript to this so as i was finishing the research for this which i will f confess was just a few moments before we hit record because <laughs> i put so much work okay. into these i walked out to the uh to the front of the house to get a drink where doug was uh was watching tv um and as i'm walking down the hallway i hear holding out for a hero and I'm like, shit, did I, like, leave YouTube on and, like, you know, cast it to Sonos or something? And, you know, is it playing out there because I was playing it in here? No. It's on the TV. There's some show, some Marvel show oh. called Loki on Netflix. Oh. And it's on and, there? And literally, as I like put down my headphones, walked out to get a drink from listening to Holding Up for a Hero, I walk up there and it's on the TV. That's so funny because Josh and AJ have been watching Loki. And like when you said Holding Out for a Hero, I was like, I know I've heard that song in the background of my house somewhere. 
that's why. There you go. There you go. And I swear I did not I, I did not take my cue from Loki. Loki took its cue from me. So Yeah. Yeah. We are like we've got our finger <laughs> We're taste on makers of so <laughs> bad 80s songs being repurposed into Marvel Comics Universe movies on Netflix. Yeah. Seri- I mean, series it is a catchy song. Like once you hear it once, you can. Yeah, never but it's camp. It's campy. It it's campy. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah I love but... it. Okay, well, that's okay. our first summer music series. We'll be back with many more. Uh, and uh, it's time for the ups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, what is yours? I'm so excited about mine this week. Um, mine is Hacks on HBO Max. Have you been watching this, Brian? I have not. You recommended it, and I was. Uh, it was next on my list to do in the in the Berkshires right after I de-plat- replatform myself and then the internet. And the lights went out, yeah. yeah. So I am totally obsessed with this show. It stars our finest living actress, Jean Smart, who also played Mayor's mom in Mayor of Easttown, which is another amazing show on HBO Max, which is just killing it this season. But Hacks is like so funny. Going into it, I knew nothing about it. I thought it was going to be about computer hackers, but it's actually oh, it's about like two. Com- it's like an older and a younger hack comedians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Jean Smart plays this Joan Riversy type elder stateswoman on the comedy universe, and her act is getting stale. So her manager pairs her up with this other comedian, this down on her luck, canceled Gen Z comedy writer played by Hannah Einbinder, who is the daughter of the original SNL cast member Lorraine Newman. and she's excellent so it's like this absurd buddy comedy that takes place in las vegas which is like one of the best settings ever for a comedy and it's just incredible it's my favorite show of the year so far with mayor of east town in second place so just gene smart should get all the awards and i love this hannah and not for anything rachel you'll recall that we you and i together in our early days wrote a screenplay we did that uh, that ends the 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 denoma the screwball finale has two people Vegas, from opposite coasts meeting in Las Vegas, and we've burned that screenplay because to the it would, ground. It would, like us, in, it would get us canceled. Right we now. were holding out for <laughs> a year, <laughs> and they never came. <laughs> okay, you're gonna kill me for my um, my yup because it's so it's so me. It's so me. It's uh, season two of Love Victor is I knew, out. I knew you it. Knew it. I knew you it. knew it. I know. <laughs> It's it made me laugh. It makes me cry. Is I'm it on a, Hulu or it's on what Hulu? Is it on? Yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a sucker for this stuff. I'm a sucker for the like teen YA gay coming out heartthrobby things. Uh, all I can say is if you have a if you have a, a, a heart and a soul and a mind and a foot, then please watch and Love an Victor anus. <laughs> hey, I don't, I'm just throwing. That. Sure, that too. Why not? Anything, anything. If you have an anus, you should go on the slip and slide show where you'll fit right in. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, wow. Okay. So uh, if you have enjoyed this show, enjoyed this show, please rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends in real life, especially now that you're seeing your friends in real life without a mask. Give them a big hug and a kiss and then tell them, have I got a podcast for you? Yeah. yeah, and tweet at us because um, well, tweet at me, not Brian, because he's still deplatformed. But eventually, he will be. No, back. I think that I think they'll show up eventually. Like, yeah. if I turn myself back on somehow. Okay. Anyway, this has been a terrible, terrible week, but a very fun podcast to record. Thanks for sticking with our every other week schedule. We will be back in two weeks with more Nopes with another summer music series. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope, the podcast where we shut it down. 